dogs to find bombs and hunt down people in the battlefield. He also continues to train dogs to be good friends <laughs> and to take care of your needs. Tim Culver is going to share with us what he knows about training dogs right after this. Warning, applying these principles may change your life. People will look at you differently. You'll walk straighter, live bolder, and find out who you are. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Here's your host, Josh Atcher. Listen, if you appreciate what you're learning here on the Manlyhood Mancast, I want you to do me a favor. Share this with somebody. Send it in a message. Shoot them a Facebook message or an email. Call them on the phone and say, listen, I've been listening to this podcast, and it's been helping me to level up as a man. Because I firmly believe that our job as men is to help each other level up. So please, let's spread the word. Today's guest, Tim Culver, has been a friend of mine for a long time. I have known him since he was a boy. And now he's a man, and this man has proven himself on the field of battle, and he's also proven himself when it comes to being one of the best dog trainers out there. So let's find out about Man's Best Friend with Tim Culver. It is great to have you on the show. I am really glad to be able to talk to you again, man. Like, I've known you as a teenager. We were, you know, I, I kind of was a little bit of a mentor for a little while in your life, but being able to hang out with you, and it's awesome to have you on the show and have a chance to talk with you, man. Yeah, man. And I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's definitely something that I need to thank you for because it's funny, like reflecting back, right. When you get a little bit older and you're starting to like, think about things, uh, you're starting to reflect back to when you were, you were younger, having those influences, the few that I had was so good that I had, because I know I would be in a much worse spot now, especially coming from somebody that does know me, especially at that age. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, that was, I think back now to those people throughout my life and you were definitely one of those people, man. I mean, I cannot thank you enough. I mean, things definitely would have been worse now had I not had people to talk to, you know, or had, yeah, that, that kind of safe outlet where, yeah, you're comfortable talking to somebody. I actually, I think about it a lot because in that kind of relationship that we had, your parents were kind of like that for me, you know, and, and, and then, you know, you and your brother would babysit my kids so that I could go to, you know, my wife and I would go to like a group while you watched our kids and we would get some of that mentorship. So, so thank you. Yeah. It's like this big circle. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like how you would describe a community, huh? Funny how that works, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Everything just kind (laughs) of, we ate a lot of, we ate a lot of meals together, hung out, talked about music, played, uh, Played some pool in your basement and uh, all yeah. kinds of fun stuff. Had some adventures. It was awesome. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we go back, man. It's funny to think of now, right? Like these yeah. things don't feel like they were nearly as long ago as they were. Like it literally feels like, yeah, yesterday, man. It's yeah, it's nuts. It's it, absolutely crazy. It's crazy because this is the first season of the podcast that I've really been doing interviews. I've done a couple interviews in the past with this podcast, but um, yeah. So I'm kind of trying to pull on the connections that I have and I, I want to make things, you know, interesting, bring some people on that have some different experiences, which is yeah, totally. one of the reasons why I pegged you because you've got uh, 
some, you have a, a unique set of skills that I think is something, you know, we could talk about that. that I think is going to be really interesting yeah. to our guys, but I, I, uh, so I find myself kind of relying on some organic connections and even reaching out to people that I don't know, but it's funny. Cause even when I'll reach out to people that I don't know, and then come to find out, they know like five different people that I'm organically connected yeah. to. And it, it, the world is so small, man. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> It's a very, it's a ridiculously small world. I mean, I think about that too. Like, yeah, with my job, I mean, I find my place in a lot of different, I mean, I go, I'm driving all over the place and uh, I go to a lot of these neighborhoods and it's crazy to see former clients even, or like this 10 degrees of all these people. And I mean, I'm in Myrtle beach. I don't think we pointed that out, but uh, it's a bigger, I mean, it's not like a massive city or anything, but it's a bigger area. But like, yeah, I, I, I love that, man. I'm, I'm never that far away from anybody that I know. But I think that goes back to being somebody who believes in community, right? Finding other yeah. people who believe in that community. And I think that's how a lot of those things happen. You're finding like-minded people, you know, on some level, they think the same way that you do. Yeah. Well, I, I think if we try hard enough, we can find that with just about anybody, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we can find some common yeah. ground with just about anybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like to think that that is a massive, uh, I don't know if you would call it a skill. I think in today's world, it would be considered a skill. I am uh, very much a libertarian. I am very much a fan of minding my own business and everybody doing the same thing and uh, giving love and respect, right? Uh, not, not the hardest principles in the world, I guess. I don't know. I, that's how I try to live <laughs> myself is, is let everybody have their own space, man. Let everybody do their own thing. Yeah, definitely. So tell me uh, a little bit about the work that you do. And I, honestly, this is what I find intriguing because I, I love this idea that, you know, a dog is a man's best friend. You know, I mean, we've been saying yeah. that for, for generations, you know, and yeah. so, yeah. so I, I love that you get to do that. You you get to work with dogs, you know, so tell me yeah. what's that look like for you. And uh, I'm, I'm fortunate in a sense that I, uh, get to do it in the best way, meaning I'm not, a lot of dog trainers have certain sets of specific skills, right? They train certain things. Like if you think of somewhere, especially like around your area, I'm sure you have super capable, like people to train hunting dogs. You're not going to have to go that far to find out somebody who knows how to get a dog on birds. Now finding somebody who can train dogs to bite, who can train dogs to track, and can train dogs to find explosives and narcotics and, and, spin around and not poop on the floor and everything in between um, is a little bit more difficult. And I was really fortunate having a military background with it. That was the big one was it was lucking out super hard, uh, getting to go to the military working dog handler's course in Texas. Um, really cool joint school. I was in the Marines, but like everybody goes there for dog school. It is like freaking massive. I want to say there's like two to 300 dogs at a time there, if not more. Um, and it's where, uh, every branch goes to, uh, to get trained. And then from there, went to the specialized search dog school, uh, with that, those are nuts. Most people don't even know these dogs exist. So they have a harness, like a lot of working dogs will wear, right? Except they have these weird pouches, like not that big. And you're kind of, when you see it for the first time, you're like, what the hell is that for? Like maybe a water bottle, like a little kite. It's for radios. So I would train these dogs where I had a headset on my head. And then you put these radio packs on the dogs. And then we train them so they can work uh, super far away from you and they understand things like forward, left, and right. 
Um, so you can kind of guide them around like a little robot and they can search roadways or inside of buildings or uh, specifically the outside of a building you're about to go snatch a bad guy out of or something like that. You get to work in a lot of dynamic ways and uh, yeah, super fun. So then I got to bring all that to the pet side. Um, and so it, it, we've dominated, uh, since we've gotten here and, uh, it's been growing a lot, but, but yeah, bringing, uh, uh, giving these people like a ton of different looks and, and, and getting to train a ton of different things is, is something that I love like every day, man. I'm lucky. I wake up before my alarm goes off. So, I mean, you know, it's going good. You know, that's how I always look at like a metric or a gauge. Like I wake up and I think like, who I'm going to go pull first and what I'm going to do after that. And it, it's fun. And that's super fortunate. Like, I definitely know that I realize that, but, but it, it, it came with a lot of work behind it too. I guess it certainly wasn't given uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but yeah, I love where I'm at now. I wouldn't change anything, man. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, that specialized set of skills that you, at least that you learned at first, I mean, they came at a cost. I mean, you know, you were in the, in the smoke and fire of some pretty tough situations and yeah absolutely yeah i uh did iraq uh, in the marines i did iraq twice i did afghanistan once and then now in recent news uh once i was done with that i uh worked for the state department and i was one of the kennel masters for kessis i was actually one of the kennel masters for the combo embassy security forces so i actually ran most of the uh dog and uh uh handler training for them and then uh yeah essentially for the dogs that were up in front searching vehicles and stuff like that so that was a cool gig but uh uh yeah a little bit different now that's wild um yeah. that's absolutely crazy um super sad man super super duper sad but um i guess it is worth mentioning i've been getting asked this a lot uh as far as i am aware i guess he's been on the news a lot i've seen it once um but i guess it's floating around a lot there were no military working dogs left. I don't know where that came from. Uh, working dogs haven't operated in Kabul in a long time. Uh, so you have military people there, but then you also have contractors. I don't know how familiar anybody is with that. It's a little senior, um, but uh, you, you more or less work as an independent contractor. It's kind of a Afghanistan straight up considers you a mercenary. Um, and that's how you're handled if you get caught doing anything. But, uh, but yeah, there was a few contractors, but all those dogs were evacuated like a month ago. I don't know where that came from. Hmm. I think it's a scam. I think yeah. it's a scam. Well, we're living in an age where disinformation is kind of everything. So I think, honestly, I mean, we could talk about the whole fall of Afghanistan. My aunt, you know, I don't want to get too much politics, but I honestly think that there's a whole lot of psyops happening in that it's, yeah. hey, let's get everybody to think a certain way. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get everybody to think a certain way and we'll put it out there, you know? Yeah, so I have, uh, uh, gonna keep it PG-13. Okay, I can do it. I have what I call uh, the Lewinsky metric and it's how I gauge conspiracy theories. I don't know if I ever mentioned this or not before, but so that was, uh, handful of indiscretions let's say known about by three people and it lasted how long now so that's where i get like do i think things can be framed in a way where people don't know and people making decisions are the only ones with that motive and that idea absolutely hands down 100 percent 
Um, but I mean, cause I still, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I, I, I have a couple people I know that are still operating, um, in that area and, uh, it's freaking chaos. There's no like rule or anything going on. Like the Taliban is putting out news reports now. It's freaking weird. It's like super weird. Like, no, we're going to let the women go to school. And you're like, oh man, you totally are like, you know, it, it's, it's bad. It's sad. Um, how, how it went down, but, but no, I mean, I I don't know. What do we do from here? You know, it's going to happen again. It's just going to keep happening over and over and over again. Like it has, like it has a lot longer than we've ever been here, you know? So yes, yes, (laughs) absolutely. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, even just within our country, it's kind of bizarre that, um, you know, everything post world war two has been very proxy. And they've all been pretty messy and we just still are like, yeah, let's do it. And I get the, I get the motivation obviously, but I don't, Afghanistan doesn't make sense. I yeah. don't get that. Yeah. 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 I was there and I don't know. People were like, why are we there? Like, Finding explosives. <laughs> I was doing my own thing, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I wanted to do that. And that really was my thing. I, I mean, I'm, uh, po- I don't know. I, I guess I have a different view of things than. Oh, hey, I think I lost you. There we go. Nope, I lost Work you. Out. Could you say yeah. that? I, I can hear you now. Could you say that last sentence again? Oh, I would. Uh, I think I was just talking about perspective and um, and how things change. I mean, I I didn't. I, I went in because I wanted to experience war. I mean, I wanted to see what was going on with that. It, I, I was certainly, uh, you know, some patriotism attached to it, I'm sure, but it, it was mostly wanting to have that experience and see what that was and, uh, yeah, and see what I could learn from that or gain from that, whether that was a good idea or a bad idea, I don't know, but we're, that's, that's what we're doing now, <laughs> right? That's where we're at now. Um, but, yeah, I'd say it has been good. I'd say it's mostly been beneficial. Um, and uh, you learn a lot of things. You learn like a lot of important lessons that I feel like people don't get to learn outside of that. Like, uh, and I mean, I, everybody experiences death. Like certainly everybody experiences death, but to be so intimately attached to a death in, in ways that, um, you know, unless you're at the scene of the accident and you don't get to see, uh, that's different. And it, it gives you a perspective that you don't get anywhere else. And especially that's something that you're seeing frequently, right? And so for me, that really turned into an appreciation of life. And it, it really turned into me wanting to um, just do anything I could to not only enrich my life, but get enrichment through enriching other people's lives and, and being an ally to everybody that I can, being a friend to everybody that I can, because there's a lot, there's a lot that we can't change. But like, that's easy. I can smile at you. I can, I can wave at you. You know what I mean? That's, that's free. And so I guess from that has budded many other good things, you know, I mean, there's, there's certainly been, you know, a mental, physical cost, uh, obviously, but, but yeah, I, those, those few lessons, those few good lessons that I can take with me, I they definitely want to ensure that those stick for life. That's, that's massive. Uh, and I don't want to have to learn those again, <laughs> if possible. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I'm good now. Like that's fine. We're good with all that. But yeah, 
super happy doing the dad thing now, owning business thing now. And yeah, yeah. I'll take that. I'll take, I'll take today over any day before for sure. Yeah. But so I think about this a lot. Cause I know like I have, a, I have a relationship with my dogs, you know, we've yeah. got it. We have an old yeah. golden retriever and I've got a, yeah. a fairly old, he's just one year younger, uh, Shiloh shepherd. So he's just this massive, German shepherd, long hair type dog. He's beautiful. And he was actually trained to be a therapy dog before he went to a friend and then um, they moved. And so they gave him to us after we lost our other dog. So he's super empathic. And like, you know, if somebody's upset or, you know, he, he's latched onto my wife, you know, and so if she's, if she's emotional at all, like he senses it and just immediately steps in and, you know, just, it's just in his, Part of it, I think, is yeah. in the dog's nature, but it's trained in him, too. But I have this relationship with my dogs, and I often wonder about what is that? I, I, like, I know a lot of working dogs have a very different kind of relationship. Would you say, like, as you're training the dogs in the service, did you have that kind of friendship with them as well? Or was it? Was it uh, yeah, that's a, that's a super good question. Uh, so. Yes, you certainly do have a relationship. And I always like to put it like this because I think that sometimes my background does not serve me well when talking to some pet owners, I think, because there is this misconception that we're very heavy handed with the dogs. And I always try to, instead of having this full 30 minute conversation, trying to explain, I'm not going to hurt your dog. I usually just say the last thing you want in the world is a scared dog a thousand meters in front of you searching for explosives. You cannot have that. That dog needs to be the happiest, most motivated, love his job. I mean, dogs get washed out simply because they don't enjoy it. So the dogs that are there are the ones that literally want to be there. They have to want to do it. Um, I don't have drive to do what you do. I think about what you do and it, you blow my mind how much you do. And there's no way that I could be, out of what I do and put into what you do. It would go to chaos. Everything would just be on fire immediately. I don't have the drive for that. It's not for me, man. It's, it's not It's not for me. It's not going to work. But there's other things I can do, right? And so that's how we look at it with dogs. I never would have a dog do a job that, that the dog doesn't want to do. You know, it's important. Just like people. Like with your dog, man. And that's the amazing thing about your dog is he had to come with that, that level of emotional, like, foresight i don't even know what you call that that's amazing he had to have that naturally it was just reinforced that's all right like same thing you do with your kids like you find what they're into and hopefully it's something productive and you want to reinforce the hell out of that and uh that's the exact same thing that we do with the dog and the craziest thing is is that your dog is so nice that praise is probably reward enough you know like getting that scratch i imagine getting that belly love like dude is into it more than other dogs i'm sure and yeah, you have a really special kind of dog and they're, they're, and that's tricky. ESAs can be really tough dogs to, to train to, 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 it's just the washout is incredibly higher than I think people realize. I get a lot of people that come in and they say like, oh, I want to, I want you to train my dog to bite. And it's like this, like Australian shepherd looking at me, like, I don't want to, you know what I mean? It's like, no man, like I can't just train any dog to back bite. I can't train every dog to track or to find explosives or be nice to Josh. You know, it, it, it's, they're all different and they're all different dogs. They're all totally different. And just like people, you know, if I'm like, Josh, that's it. 
you're done with all this creative stuff. You're doing physics for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, no, I, like, I'm out. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, were you an idiot? Why would you even know? Yeah, so it, it works the same way. And especially with working dogs, man, that, that bond is very similar. I would even argue in some cases is stronger because you are, for one, it's a partnership. It's not what a lot of people think of it as. It is definitely more of a partnership. And if it's not, you're not going to make it very far in the job for a whole host of reasons. Uh, but, um, but no, it's a partnership. Like he's there keeping your set, you safe. You're there checking out to see what he might have missed. You're directing him around. You work in tandem and you both are keeping each other alive. So that's a lot to go through. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a bond that is pretty freaking unbreakable. And, um, yeah, the hard part for sure is like leaving them. You hear a lot about adoptions and I think adoptions are great when the dog can't work, but how I looked at it myself, um, it was my dog. I mean, I trained tons and tons of dogs when I was in the Marines, but my dog that I had got at school and had brought back with me and I deployed with uh, on the first one. And uh, it came time, I was already out of the military and uh, um, I had gotten a call about potentially getting him and my first question was how he was working because the first thing in my mind was that i know if i truly believe i'm the best at what i do then that's the best damn dog you can have and why would i want him on my couch why would i want him on my couch that doesn't make any sense he needs to go i mean we're not going to keep a geriatric dog that can't work anyway you're not going to want that dog adopt him out put him in a nice family right um and, uh, but yeah, no, as far as I'm concerned, like that's what they were put there for. It's like, you know, two giants finding each other and making it work. And it's like, why would I want to, why would I do that? That doesn't make any sense. Homie wants to work anyway. You don't want to stay on the couch. He wants to, he wants to go chase bad guys and find bombs, you know? Yeah. The life. <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy to think about that, you know, just to think that yeah. those, I love that concept that, you know, they're, they're, they're choosing that. You know, yeah. They're, yeah. they're choosing to do this work because it, it makes sense to them. They're good at it. They enjoy it. They enjoy the relationships and the camaraderie. And if they don't, they wash out. I, I never even thought about that before that yeah. there are dogs that and don't make the cut, you know, I'm looking at it right now. I've got, and it's a good example. I mean, it, it's a, it, I guess similar. I have two German shepherd puppies. They're about the same age. One's like maybe two or three weeks older. They're, about five months old, um, train two of them. They're both going to be trained in personal protection. That's what we're working on. One of them is lives in an apartment upstairs. Both have really killer owners. All, both, all the owners are just like literally the best. These people are incredible. So one of them has a tiger space. The other one's an outside dog, uh, that is on a farm, literally on a farm. And he's an outdoor dog. He's going to be more of a guard dog. They're going to be a little different. Mm-hmm. That dog that's been outside who that's been normal his entire life. Like I didn't have to do anything. Like he's just been in that environment, right? Like he loves it. It's perfect for him. He's thriving and he's not chewing things. He's not jumping up on people. He's not doing all these things because he's not presented in those, with those situations. And that's the thing. Like a lot of times working dogs don't do great in a house. Like they come with that level of drive. Like you think of some of the greatest minds that have ever lived you probably wouldn't want to be that person, especially if you got to meet them. You know what I mean? It, it, it comes with a level of chaos, I'm sure. 
And it's the same thing with the dogs. You, you, the ones that are capable of the most are usually the craziest. They're usually the craziest ones. And I think they go hand in hand. You gotta, you gotta be a little nut. Um, but yeah, that actually makes me think when, when they, when our friends gave Toby to us, they told us he's a little bit neurotic, which we didn't understand until, you know, and he really is, you know, he, he, um, the, the shepherd is there. So he likes to keep any other animals in line and he'll like smack them on the head or, or whatever, you know, not in a mean way. He's just like, Hey, knock it off. You know, he's kind of the boss, you know, the other thing is he won't, he won't drink water unless he sees you pour it in his dish himself. Oh, that's great. He just won't touch it. Like he will come in and knows you and get your attention because he wants you to fill his water. You could have filled it two seconds before, but he didn't see you do it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 It's, It's like that process is so strict and it has to be followed to a T. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like it never gets old. Like I know a lot of people say that with their job, whatever it totally does. Brian who's sitting in his cubicle. It gets freaking old. I'm sure. But with this, I mean, it's like always totally different. Like I, I haven't had that come in yet, but it could tomorrow. You know what I mean? It's so much fun. Like you never know what they're going to come in for and you can never guess either. Cause it'll be like the little old lady with like this big English mastiff. And you're like, Oh my God, this dog's going to like rip her arms out of her body. And it's like, no, the dog's not coming back or something. You can never, you can never judge that book by its cover. You never know. Just, I can't look at them and tell most of the time it's something. Yeah. 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 I get surprised constantly. Do you have, um, like situations where uh, somebody will come in, it's maybe just like one little thing they need help with, or are you? Oh yeah. On any given day. Yeah. So let's just say today, uh, today uh, I had one come in where the dog was like a legit rescue. Like this was like during one of the hurricanes and this dog just got out of wherever it was, but had just been running for like a year and had never really had, gotten farther away from people they caught the dog this lady adopted the dog the dog will jump over the fence will dig under the fence will bust out of the door we'll just try to get out she loves the lady when they're in there together she's on her lap the moment she leaves uh she's freaking out uh the other one um off leash control that's it they just want to be able to cut the dog off the leash at the beach and go run and you know what i mean so yeah that's literally just within three hours it yeah it's always different and then i like the aggressive ones that's my real passion Mm. my real passion is the is the really aggressive dogs and because it's a situation that typically would only end one way and it's really bad and they might have even worked with other trainers that have recommended that the dog get put down and i take not satisfaction like it's like getting to live (laughs) you know what i mean it's beyond satisfaction you're helping a dog to survive and then take a situation that was horrible and completely turn it around. And that's not always the case. Uh, it can't always be done. I mean, I have a, I have my own theory as to why it happens. Um, if I told you I was bipolar, I had depression or I had anxiety, would that sound crazy to you at all? Yeah. Probably not. Right. Millions of people have it. Well, Josh, we're not selectively bred, right? We look kind of different. Us two are a great example. Um, dogs look the same, run the same, sound the same. They like the same things. They dislike the same things. They do great with the same foods. They don't do great with other foods. 
we selective breeding is creating chemical imbalances in dogs and then continuing to breed that. That's a neurotic trait. A German shepherd seeing somebody and move their arm quickly and then immediately react. If a human had a comparable response, they would like be in the freaking state hospital or something. You'd have to lock them up. You have to put them away. I'm not talking about chasing after somebody and trying to bite them, but, but that's what that is. I'm, I'm very convinced that selective breeding is a really nice way of saying we've created a chemical imbalance a very specific one in this dog's brain, and that's what we've continued to breed. So to me, it makes total sense, but we never look at it from a neurological point of view with dogs. It's always a behavior modification way. And I'm not saying the answer is we need to medicate dogs or we need to do behavior modification with humans. I think some, there's a middle ground there, right? Sure. And But yeah, with dogs, it's all behavior mod, and with humans, it's all medication. But... It's, it's weird. Yeah, we, we look at them totally different, even though they're likely the exact same thing and should be treated the same. Very, very weird. You know, we had a, a we actually raised golden retrievers where we, you know, we we had a breeding pair and uh, and then she actually got really sick with a litter. And so we decided not to breed them anymore after that. Oh, no. But um, yeah. But she survived and she was doing good and we took her on vacation. So we had both of our goldens on vacation with us and uh, we camped out on the beach at Assateague Island and they got loose and chased the ponies around the island all night. And and then they came back. So then the next day we went and we're hanging out with family and like we had them in a situation where we had to kind of put them on a lead, you know, like like tie them up for a little while, which we don't normally do. So my dog is out of sorts. My, my little, my little nephew walks around to the back of the house. He's like three. He walks over and he just loves dogs. She's stressed out. She's exhausted. She's on a leash. I don't know exactly what happened because we didn't see it, but he got bit like really bad. Yeah. You know, like 23 stitches across his little face bad, you know, and, you know, and, and like you, we never would have seen that coming, but like any dog can do it if the situations line up. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, I don't know, man. I, I'm driving down the road and I stop in my car. And somebody puts a gun to the window and says, get out your car. I say, okay, cool. I got insurance. Some dumb. I kind of been wanting something new. Now I stop and some guy puts a gun to my head and I got my daughter in the back of the car. Changes the situation. Um, now, I don't know, like the exact situation. It, it could have been something. One more factor took place. One thing sure. changed, and it it changes the entire scenario. And uh, I, it, and it's smart to know that dogs have that capability. And obviously, I mean, you can't put it on a kid. A kid, kid, kid doesn't know. But um, I see it with adults a lot, man. And I'm like, I I understand that. I I see the worst case scenario a lot, but it's not hard to find if you're looking for it, you know what I mean? And and things go bad really fast. And I see it a lot because I'm working with these dogs in public that are very barrier aggressive. Let's call it. That's like Mm -hmm. when they, they can't get to the thing that they want to get to and they're just freaking out and they're losing their mind. Right. They, they might not actually be dog aggressive. Like if you cut the dog off leash, he'll play and he'll be fine, but he's going to destroy you if you're both on leashes. It's weird. And and I'll be walking these dogs in public and you will literally have, I don't know how many people in a given day I'll have try to walk their dog up to him to let them sniff 
And meanwhile, this thing that I'm walking is like 80 pounds of just death and fury. And they're walking like their little thing up to it. And it's crazy. It's crazy to me. Like uh, that, uh, I, I would love to have had a life like that that would allow me to live in such ignorance. Mm. That would be great. I would love that, but that's not the case. And that, right. that's not the case for many, but I, bad things happen very quickly. Um, and especially with dogs. I mean, like, I, I have a respect for dogs. I certainly, uh, I have a fear of dogs. I have a very healthy fear of dogs. Um, I, I, definitely do they i was what was i watching it was oh it was one of my buddy's videos on youtube and they were doing this rank list of animals that americans thought that they can beat and it was like 60 percent of people said that they would survive a violent encounter with a dog hmm. even crazier was like 20 percent of people that said that they could survive one with a grizzly bear i don't think these people have ever gone outside at all <laughs> I, you're a big dude you know what i mean yeah no what? yeah I, I mean, some, sometimes I see a grizzly bear, like that's acting friendly, you know, and I think I just want to yeah. wrestle with him, you know, not, I mean, not yeah. like in real life, like a video, and and a like, an like I just want to play with you. No, but dude, like a grizzly bear is going to rip my head off. You know, I, I think they watch the Revenant and they're like, Oh, I, I can survive that. <laughs> if like Leo, Di- some point, Leo DiCaprio like, survived it. <laughs> Yeah, he could have like put his knife in his eye at that one time. I could have done that, but no, that's the thing. Like, uh, I got my one and only black bear uh, up behind my parents' house, right? And um, it's crazy. I don't, I don't think I could be a bear that weighed the same amount as me. Like when you, yeah, you especially get in there and then like cleaning the animal and like they are dense. They are strong animal like that is no joke and dogs are the same i mean people don't realize man like dogs especially certain types of dogs i mean we now have dogs that we've selectively bred to bite and hold unpack that for a second dogs don't naturally do that dogs bite they have canines they bite and they tear and they bite and they tear and they bite and they tear and And these things are born uh there's one i don't know if you can see that's from one of my puppies Mm. uh just Moved my hand a little too quick, and that's much more than a puppy bite. She just went, what? I went to bring my hand up just instinctively, and she's off the ground on my hand. And she's just bred that way. She'll offer that naturally. She sees something moving quickly, and she wants to go smash it. It's, it's just totally amazing. But, but not being aware of that is, is, is not a smart way to approach animals. Like, every single one is this chill cool thing you know probably shouldn't do that with people either probably a good general rule of thumb yeah you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> yeah it's like, like, like it's it's not a bad thing to trust people but at the same time you have to have just enough yeah. all right you know this I'm, this guy I'm could kill me you know this I'm woman consciously optimistic this woman could steal all my money you know <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's like blind yeah yeah i don't blindly trust dogs like, I don't know how many times, like, I'll go to meet a dog. And I think that the owners can kind of feel it a little bit. Because I'll lean down and I'll kind of pet them up on their head. And the dog will kind of be, like, putting its tongue out. And they're like, she likes kisses. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know your freaking dog, man. So, no, no, I, I'm not going to risk that. It's not worth it. You know, just in case. Am I going to act like that for the, the whole? No, 
after a couple minutes and I can kind of tell he's chilled then I'll, then I'll ease off. But, but for somebody who's nearly bit hundreds of times a year, like, yeah, you, well, and bit, bit and nearly bit. They're, they're not all misses, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't play those games. I don't mm, no face to face, no meeting on leashes. It's just, it's satisfying us. Like the dog doesn't enjoy it. Like so many things that we have dogs do is so, I feel like it's very self-serving a lot of times. Like, especially when it comes to different types of socialization. Uh, some dogs don't want to play with dogs, man. They don't want to play with other dogs. They like to be around people. And I know people that are the exact same way. I know people that don't want to be around people and they would much rather be with dogs. I work at a freaking, or work with an awesome facility and uh, loads of people that will work there. That's probably why they're there. You know, they're in a great <laughs> spot. They are, they do their job awesome, but you can tell a lot of them, you know, it's just, they don't want to have to interact with people and they are amazing with the dog. And it, it just makes sense. And I, I see that a lot. Like they'll, they'll force their dog into situations and that's what causes issues. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, w- I certainly wouldn't do that with my kid. I can't imagine like trying to force her into something and then being like, why did you react adversely? You know, like, cause I didn't want to do it, man. I kind of let you know. Yeah. I think a lot about uh, what you do and I wonder how much of it is training the dog and how much of it is training the owners. It's definitely mixed. Um, There is definitely uh, a lot that needs to be done with the dog. Like uh, essentially what I'm doing is, is setting up an easy way to communicate with the dog. I like what you're doing right now. Can you please do this more? I don't like what you're doing. Please stop doing this um, now or ever. Uh, And uh, it's a, it's a slow world process and the, and the dog needs pretty complete. I'd say if the owners continue to do it about exactly what they were doing, the dog should be 50 to 60% improved. If they do everything that I say, then right off the jump within the first couple of days, the dog's 75, 80% better. They just need to keep rolling with the techniques and then they'll get comfortable with what we're doing. But there needs, there needs to be that few hours a leaf of handler training. Um, because it, it, it is like a language and they have to know how to speak that language, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, and that's what most trainers are doing when they get that dog in, if they keep a dog, it's so they can set up an easy dialogue with the dog and then work through specifics. Like specifically, you can't do this, this, and that. Uh, generally, I don't want you grabbing things off the floor. And it's just making everything very easy for the dog to understand because it's typically chaos. Most of the time, if the dog is going to a trainer, it's because they don't understand what they're doing as well. Like you could break it down that simple. They just don't get it. I don't think dogs like people, dogs aren't like inherently bad. You know, I think that you can have a genetic predisposition to a lot of things. I don't, I don't personally think evil is one of those things. Um, It has to be taught. And sometimes it's taught by accident. You know what I mean? (laughs) I think it's totally by accident. The dog's like growling. The lady's like petting it. Like, it's okay, cinnamon. It's a fine cinnamon. And it's like, no, it's, it's actually not fine cinnamon. Can you please make your dog sit or do something? I don't know. Like anything other than let it know it's doing good because it's not. But but that's not crazy and that's not bad on those people. You see your dog stressed out, right? You want to make it not stressed out. So what do you do? You pet it. It's not like, yeah, they don't know. Uh, you could point out a million things that I could do wrong if I tried to do what you do. It wouldn't take long, man. It, it wouldn't take long to, to, for me to screw something up. You know what I mean? Right. So I always keep that in mind. Uh, they're learning something new. I mean, they're learning a new language just like the dog, but I'm big on that. Like when I 
uh, I, mostly what I do is called board and train. They bring their dog to me. The dog stays with me for a set amount of time. I bring them home. Um, I include a follow-up training with that. They have to have it. I just, you know, I, I bill it that way because that, that has to happen. I can't have one of my dogs that I work super hard with, like walking around with somebody that doesn't know what they're doing. You know, just on that alone, I get very personal with these dogs. They're kind of like, they're a reflection of me once they leave. And I definitely keep that in mind. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I can't have my dog back it up. That don't happen. No, 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 no. <laughs> so here's the real question. Can you train cats? <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, cats, I say cats, if cats are doing something wrong, 99.9% of the time, it's because their needs aren't being met in some way. Um, most cats that are destructive, like literally, if you just play with that cat, like for 10 minutes, then feed it, do that three times a day, guarantee you he's going to stop. And then give him something else to scratch near it, he's going to stop. He's wound up and he's stuck in your house and he can't do anything and he's bored and that feels really good when I get my claws into it. So I'm going to do that because he doesn't have anything else that he's supposed to put his claws in or has never been directed to do it somewhere else. Our cat does not go on the kitchen counter. She does not go on the table. She's allowed on the chairs and there's two rooms she won't go in. She knows we don't have to like follow her around with a spray bottle. Um, but yeah, just been very, very clear with her. Cats get bad rap, man. I like cats. I like all animals in general, but I love cats. Like I said, we have a cat. I, I love it. It's like, they are no different than big cats. They're just like, how much more does my cat have to weigh before we start to get concerned? Cause it's probably not as much as you think. And that's cool, man. That's cool. Like yeah. we, they literally live with us only because they're not able to handedly kill us. They walk, they they walk, they move, they do everything just like a lion or a tiger. Like if, like if your eyes were squinting and you couldn't tell how far away it was for scale, yeah. you, would, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. You know what? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and further on that, Oh my God, it's like such a ridiculous conversation. Me and my wife were talking and we said, what would happen? What do you think would happen if just like that, right? Like, like COVID just all humans are gone, right? All of us what do you think would happen? And I said, I think, cause there's this crazy place in Argentina where they, they, they take in street dogs. It's like, dude, it's like 300 acres. There's like 700 dogs on it. And they run around in these huge paths. It's crazy. Cause they never existed in the wild. So it's interesting to see what these dogs do in the wild. So I saw that. I said, dog in a fraction of a second, she looked over like I'm stupid and says cats. And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm stupid. Yeah, absolutely. I think cat, like they would destroy every food source the dog could use. You know what I mean? I, yeah, yeah. House cats, I think, would take over the world if we all just disappeared. Dogs are like way too trusting. They're not mean enough. They don't have it in them. You know, cats just don't care, man. Like, yeah, they're, they're taking over. Yeah, we're gone. <laughs> it's, it's literally like on a weekend, like a long weekend. And I think it's like pretty much just cats at that point. <laughs> we're done. That's it. It's all done. Oh, you know, the, I, I, this is not normally a situation where I would tell this story because this is, yeah. you know, uh, this is about you and hearing yeah, your yeah. stories, but it's a good story and I'm going to tell Great. it anyway. Yeah. So it. we had a cat and 
my kids were little. My wife, super organized, and Thursdays was Pop-Tart Day. So every right. Thursday, she would make Pop-Tarts, you know? Yeah. Well, we started smelling this really weird smell. It smelled like something. It smelled like the cat had done his business or dropped something in the heater. And it was yeah. all through oh, the house. God. All through the house. And it oh, was the kind yeah. you, you know, we have a couple of like floor furnaces in the house and yeah, yeah, we're yeah. like trying to locate the smell. And after a couple of weeks, we realized it was on, it, you know, we, we started to put some things together. Yeah. And then finally is about four weeks in. And I realized the smell is coming from the toaster. And I look and there was a four week old dried out cat turd in the toaster. So I, uh, yeah, so we ate Pop-Tarts every morning for four weeks, every Thursday morning for four weeks, <laughs> it cooked over a cat turd. So I picked up the cat with one hand and the toaster with the other, and I threw them both out the window or out the door, and they never came back in the house again. Oh, my God, that's great. Oh, no, you had Poop-Tarts. Po- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, that's I, crazy. I just thought you might appreciate that story since we were talking yeah, about cats. Yeah, I definitely but. appreciate that. Oh my gosh, I won't use your name, but I'm going to tell so many people that story tomorrow. You can, that's you, crazy. You can tell them the name if you must, but it's okay. all good. It's 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 actually one of my favorite crazy stories to tell. That is great. <laughs> oh no, man. How old are you? I am 43. No, 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 I meant then. Oh, then? Well, let's yeah. see. Uh, I'm going to think that must have been about. That's probably about 13 years ago. Damn. You still put Pop-Tarts in the toaster? I don't eat Pop-Tarts anymore, man. <laughs> no, no, yeah. <laughs> no, so it I, was a long time before Pop-Tarts came back in the house either. <laughs> I understand that. Oh, my gosh. That's like, yeah, that there's two two things like that. And a lot of people might might have this exact same one easy one because i've heard other people say the same thing uh the first time i ever drank like a lot of people i sold like some of grandpa's whiskey right had no idea about alcohol other than like what you see in movies i probably drank way like big gulp version i still i don't drink anymore but like even when i was I could not smell whiskey. I could not specifically sour mash whiskey. It would, it's immediate like vomit fuel if I smell it, but I could drink scotch. It's so weird. It was stuck on that moment. Same thing, similar to what you said in Iraq. I, uh, they had like these like individually packaged little muffins. I'd eaten so many of these things. I grabbed this one, I bite it and I'm chewing on it and it tastes so weird. And I'm thinking about it and I'm chewing it. And this probably goes on for like 20 seconds until I look down and it's just so moldy on the inside. It was all over my mouth. Like, dude, and to this day, I I can't like, bro, I don't eat muffins. Like, like, I can't do it. I can't. My wife (laughs) makes these specific ones. They're like little tiny ones that I can eat. But other than that, man. I won't risk it. It's like, it's like not worth it. Even to this day, it's like, no way, man. Not, no, not today, Satan. I had another similar experience where I, uh, I worked at, I was at a Christian college and we were on like the grounds crew and we were cleaning up a parking lot. And, you know, Christian college has all these rules and there's like no drinking, which means that somebody's always going to be drinking. 
And yeah, for sure. Hit the parking lot. I pick up this uh, bag, and somebody had gotten a six pack of beer, and they drank it, and they threw up in the bag, and they just left it in the parking lot. <laughs> and so when I picked it up, That's the so bag sad. the bag split, and it went everywhere. And oh, I, no. so, so for me, like if I smell beer, that's what I smell. Like I don't, no I, I don't, I don't drink it because just the, the just the smell, like it could be like the best beer in the world. But to me, yeah. I smell the vomit beer, you know, like, Dude. I'm like, Oh, nope. In fact, I'm getting nauseous thinking about the smell. And that I was, guarantee- that was 25 years ago. Yeah. That's a while ago. That's crazy. Mm. And I, I'm really trying to think like, what is sadder? Like sitting in your car and drinking six beers and then vomiting into a bag or being the poor dude to pick up the bag. You know, it's like, it's just nothing's good about it at all. Nobody wins. It's like a lose lose situation on both sides. Oh no. (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's like trauma. (laughs) I'm going to have to go see, see a therapist and use the clickers and get some hypnosis. Dude, something to... you, yeah, I seriously, <laughs> I need something. Dude, that's bad. Oh my God. I, I, that's one thing I couldn't do was, uh, 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 puke. I mean like blood, all that stuff. Nothing bothers me. I'll grab a leg. No problem. Uh, um, puke. But as you know, like once you have a kid, it's like it just stops. It's weird, man. It's really freaking weird. It's very bizarre. It is super like all that stuff that I don't know. I was worried about like it didn't happen. Very odd. <laughs> Changes, yeah, man. Yeah, I there were there were days, man. Raising a family, you get four kids and all everybody gets sick in the house at once, you know, and you're like, yeah, this is not fun. You know, <laughs> I think about that now, man, when I hear four kids, it's like, that's wild. Like now I get it. Like I just thought before you're like, yeah, we'll just have a handful of kids. It's like, life. it's like, no, that's huge. That's, that's, that's a lot. There's a lot of responsibility for them, man. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm over here talking about one and it, it's a lot. What is a good separation in age? Recently had this discussion. Now I think my, for reference, I think my, uh, my uh, my mother-in-law, my wife's mom was super smart. So she had Daisha. Then 16 years later, out comes another fella. They should practically raise her brother, right? Mom like went back to work. It was like no big deal. They should got these awesome life skills. When Briar came, she like knew everything to do. I'm like just standing there breathing out of my mouth, confused. I have like no idea what's happening, you know? So it was like that benefit. My parents kind of did the same thing too. It was like, cause my older brother and sister are like, I want to say 10 years older than me. Something like that. It's a, it's a way. I think. Yeah. I want to say my, my older brother's older than you. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, you look at those baby pictures, it's like them changing diapers. I'm like, that might not be a bad idea. Go for, go for another one. Like, and you're, we waited too long. We, uh, as a lot of millennials are, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm 35 with a three-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Starting to be the transition just a couple of years behind me. 
Yeah, I know we uh, we decided early on, like, hey, let let's have our kids be young enough to enjoy our grandkids, and yeah, you know, and be done. You know, we've I've just got one left at home, and she won't be home long. She's sixteen, so you know. Um, but at the same time, I mean, that's Gen X. You know, it's a we have a, a different yeah. mindset. You know what I mean? It's so funny how there's such a difference in the way we view the world. I think it all Gen depends X. on it all depends on when. Columbine or 9-11 happened for you, I think it totally defines the way you see the world. Y'all are this bizarre generation. It really is. It's an in-between generation. It's like, uh, you know what I mean? I don't mean that in like a bad way, but it's no, like... it's true. Yeah. And like really, like everything was kind of like, I don't know, like grunge and like yeah, different times growing up because we had a similar experience i guess like as far as like technology and things like that are concerned like i can remember a time where you like didn't have the internet you know what i mean and you had to like wait to talk on the phone type thing um and then seeing the emergence of it uh but but yeah yeah y'all are like starting to run the world now it's interesting to see you know as the baby boomers kind of go away and the gen xers kind of come in um uh, I'm, it's it's I'm funny. Cool. I think boomers care about a lot. I think uh, millennials and Gen Z care about a lot, and I think Gen X just doesn't care. Really, like, no, whatever, just doesn't whatever, care. You whatever. nailed it. I whatever, think you're man. totally right. It is what it totally is. Right. Yes, <laughs> that's that's what we can call it. The it is what it is generation. Yep, because it's so true. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. So, so we were talking, uh, you know, kind of before we started the interview a little bit about your family and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I actually thought that was kind of a really compelling story that I think some of our guys might be able to relate to, you know, so you've got one right yeah. now and, and you're the, the question always get asked usually by boomers, probably when you're yeah, having probably. another one, right. When yeah. you're having another one and, and Never. <laughs> And and that's a fair question. Maybe tell me a little bit about what, you know, what, what that was like for you guys. Yeah. So, um, you know, like a ton of others, I mean, like, uh, uh, starting at that moment that, you know, we knew she was pregnant. Like my, my wife's crazy, man. She knew like the day before she should test and it was like on the hour just waiting to go. And it, 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 it did, it started also planned and, you know, getting that nursery done like super early and having, everything ready to go was a really good idea because she came like two months early and we were not expecting it. Like I want to say it was like six in the morning, maybe a little bit earlier. And I just hear my wife scream in the bathroom. I open up the door. I look, there's blood. You look in the bed. There's blood. I don't know what's going on. I get us to the hospital in like 10 minutes. The whole time we're going there. I don't think I mentioned this before. Like she wasn't moving. Nothing. Like she's just kids, just straight chilling. And so she's like pushing on her stomach. I'm crying. She's crying. And we get to the hospital and she like sidekicks the hell out of her ribs. We're like, thank God. (laughs) You get in there, doctor checked her out and was like, we're having a baby in 15 minutes. And then, um, you know, uh, we had her and then she spent her first month of her life in the hospital and we have been little helicopter parents ever since, I think. And like, 
you just like it's this very bizarre perspective to have where um you were so convinced that you weren't going to have it and then you're lucky enough to actually uh know that you will and I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I would never say like, I value my child more than somebody else does. Like that's freaking nuts. You're a psychopath. But, uh, but, but no, I mean, I definitely don't lose sight of any little thing. I am obsessed with this kid. And, um, and that's the thing, like for us, we are older having a kid anyway. And that was the idea was to get ourselves to a point where you're never ready though. Right, Josh, you know that. I mean, right. like you're never, right. my wife had to tell me that, man. And I, 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 I do, I look for her for a lot of guidance. I mean, I'm not going to put myself with somebody who I I'm better than in every single kind of way. I look at it the same way. Like I, I like to be around people I can grow from. I don't want to be, I don't want to have the fastest jab. I don't want to have the hardest leg kick. I want to work towards it. You know what I mean? I, I want to surround myself with everybody and, and, you know, essentially be a scrub and that's how you learn. And that's, that's how I try to be my whole life. And, um, and yeah, that's what, that's what she said, man. She's like, dude, we'll never be ready. Like if we're going to wait for you to be ready, like we're literally never going to be, but, but, um, but no, so, so we are older. I don't think that another kid would be in the cards, nor would I care to have that whole situation again, man. That, that was, because I, we learned that, that that's a genetic predisposition. That's another thing that we didn't know. And, and yeah, like for the guys during that time, I mean, it's almost, it, it's something that definitely does irritate me because it's always like, and this is something I love about what you do is this, this, this whole idea of a man during uh, post-pregnancy, it's all memeable. Like it's all funny and it shouldn't be like, you're a trash guy if if that's what you do like you're not like you know i i don't know and 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 sorry i always get so worked up with that man it's like it's so irritating how uh and i think we do it to ourselves a lot in a lot of ways and that's something that that isn't brought up as much as it should be is is how much we we do perpetuate this stuff ourselves and uh there's there's nothing there's nothing funny about like being there for your kid in every single way possible and to not have certain jobs that's for this person and certain jobs for that person. Like, am I going to propose that I'm like, my wife can literally take you outside right now and tell you every edible plant that she sees having no idea of, you know, having learned every single one specifically, she just can look at this stuff, understand these patterns and then regurgitate it out back to you. Um, in a end of the world scenario, I'm going to have to rely on her for some things that I typically would have to, you know, you would think you would typically rely on men for. And, and that's the way I look at it. I, I don't need her to have to feed the kid. I'm perfectly capable of feeding the baby, right? She didn't, she was in the NICU. So bottles are definitely a thing uh, uh, because of that whole situation. Like she doesn't, she, she's not better at changing diapers than me. And I'm certainly not going to be too lazy to change it. Like what? Like, that's everybody can do that. I, I don't know. And, and that's what I like about what you do because to me and what I get uh, from what you do isn't, um, uh, Oh God, I guess that could be a whole other podcast about like this whole alt righty incel type thing. That's not what this is. That is growing and that is growing. 
And I hate how the waters have been muddy because for people like you and what you do is you reflect on things that we are strong at, but things that we can also do better um, and about bettering ourselves. And I mean, I do think that there is work that, that you politically can be done for men. Absolutely. And you're seeing a lot of it be done right now in the court system. Things like that are starting to finally take movement. And, 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 but I don't think that that can take place until we stop being mean ourselves. How can we expect anything to change if we're perpetuating it ourselves? And I'm done with that. I'm not that bad. I'm not going to be that guy. Um, and I think that's important. And that's something that what people like you, you specifically, and people like you and what you do help organize that and help structure that in a way that's easily digestible. And, uh, it's huge, man. It's, it's brilliant. It's a good thing. And, um, I think that there's, there's always more that we can do ourselves. And that, that's what I like about this movement is it is about that. It's about bootstraps, you know, not woe is me and look at what's being done to me, but what I can do to better the situation. And to me, that that's what, what, what is, I mean, can you think of a way to sum up manlyhood better? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, that's yeah. what that is. That's what that should be. Um, on, on top of like, we talked about also like the concept of community because we're all in this together. So, you know, yeah. you, you talk about your wife, you know, having the knowledge of what plants are eligible and you, you'll rely on her if you need that, yeah. you know, like, that's the whole thing. Like we all have different skill sets. We all have different abilities and, yeah. and, and knowledge bases where we, we do depend on each other. I mean, I don't mean to sound like, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. No, it takes a parent, takes a set of parents to raise a child. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Sure. But, no but, doubt. but, but that community is so important, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I mean, it's, it's more important than you realize that the time or like, you know, when you were younger, for sure. And those, those are the things I think you start to see definitely later on in life. It's like, I want to surround myself. Uh, you know, I want to surround Briar with good examples. I dev, I want to saturate her with, with that. And that's exactly what you're talking about is that community. And like, you do also get to choose your community. I feel like in a lot of ways, you know what I mean? And, and sometimes the best community isn't always the easiest you know what I mean? Cutting ties. Sure. And, and that's something that we've had to do recently is, is cut ties and not necessarily totally reinvent ourselves, but, but get on path with that. And that's what we're doing. That's we are raising this kid to be better than us. She is going to be better than me at everything I'm good at. She's going to, yeah, that's the goal. Um, and uh, yeah, th- that does take a lot of people to do, man. And, and that's why we have now surrounded ourselves with good people and, like-minded, strong, you know, people that we want to expose this kid to make it normal. We want to make certain things normal. Right. And, uh, I guess right now that's the phase we're at, you know, and yeah, this is what life is. Your words have power. They have meaning. You know what I mean? You were raising a strong little critter, my little feral woman. I love it. <laughs> what was I, to do? Yeah. I love it. So Tim, born on Halloween. Did I tell you that? No, no. She was born on on Halloween at ten thirty one a.m. Huh? That's weird. Yeah. Numbers numbers always do weird things like that sometimes, you know. Yeah. Because because yeah. we were married on the fourth of July ninety eight. Fourth of July ninety nine. Our twins were born. That's crazy. 
isn't it? Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, I, I, I always love, I always love those little weird date time things that happen. That's awesome. I call them simulation studies. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. We could have a. T- that's actually <laughs> on my list. That is on my list of podcast things to talk about. So, um, I'll have to, I'll, I'll send that episode once I'm done with it. I'm working on it. Yeah. I'm Trying to figure out how to how to craft that one. I don't want to go, I don't want to go into crazy territory, but I think that there's some things worth talking about there, you know. So we'll see. <laughs> I, uh, if you're gonna do that, are you familiar? I think that he had a really good way of explaining it about Elon's little bit about that. Did you ever see that interview? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm familiar with Elon's okay. Elon's content. I, I I think it's a little different than that. But Dude, I can't wait. This is awesome. it, it, it'll be a fun discussion. Yeah, it'll be a fun discussion. So, yeah. Um, so, Tim, I think we could actually talk for like two hours just because we have a friendship and we haven't really had a good conversation in like yeah. like 15 years. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so why don't we go ahead and, and we'll wrap up where we're at now and let us put a pin in some of these other things that are popping up because I think we should have another discussion. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Totally down for that. That would be awesome. So uh, here's my questions that I definitely want to know. Five or six year old Tim walks in the room, ignore the science fiction time continuum problems. That totally this happen. Creates. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm easy ignore the problems this creates, but five or yeah. six year old Tim walks in the room. You have the opportunity to speak into his life. What do you want to tell him? Uh, don't be afraid to pull the trigger. Like, just there's so many things that I wish I had done that I didn't do. I got to do a lot, but I didn't get to do everything that I wanted to do that I could have. You know, everything I wanted to do. We'll never be able to do everything we want to do. But I didn't do everything I could have done, and that's what bothers me. Um, and that, that, that goes along, I mean, for everything. I mean, me waiting to, you know, get back into school and stuff like that. Like, just pull the trick. What you're thinking, like, oh, I'm going to be however old when I finish. Well, imagine how much older you're going to be if you wait any longer to start. Don't be afraid to pull the trigger. At least try. At least try it out. And, yeah, I know that things would have at least been a little bit more fun had I done that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was something that I... Uh, yeah, always had an issue with as a kid, and I don't know why. I don't know why, but but yeah, do everything you can do. Experience as much as you can experience, and don't be afraid of it. Um, that's what builds you. I mean, I feel like I've learned everything that I've learned from experiencing the world, and from seeing horrible things, and seeing really good things, and stacking those experiences is, I think, what makes me strong personally. Um, and yeah, yeah. Do not be afraid to do it. Man. Go for it. Go for it. What is that over you saying? You can't hit the shots you don't take or something like that. But it's so true. Um, and I think we hear things like that and it, it kind of goes over our heads until, until it's sometimes a little too late, you know? And that's, that's what, I mean, I would, I would tell anybody and at any stage in your life, I'm doing that right now. I'm taking up things I had never thought that I would do. I'm just trying them out. And just now I'm, I'm, what's that? Oh God, what is it? stupid movie with uh dude has to say yes to everything does that sound familiar uh it's with jim carrey is it yes yes man yes man yeah Yeah. oh god yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Not quite to that degree, but now, I mean, if I'm the least bit interested in it, I'm going to check it out. I don't be afraid to make yourself happy. I guess that's what it really comes down to. Like if I was to ask you right now, five things that stress you out, you already thought of them. You already thought of them. If I told you to tell me five things that make you happy, you might, you probably have to think longer about that. Why? We're choosing to do that. We're choosing that. And I'm not, and that's a phase in my life now where I'm, I'm starting to realize that and I'm starting to try to counteract that. Would have been great had I had that advice as a kid. <laughs> Don't be afraid to try things and do things that make you happy. It's okay. You can do that. You know, we don't need to be slaves to everything. You can enjoy your life. You can have fun. It's okay. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, and now, now I'm curious. I'm going to have to go back because a lot of times when I watch these, I don't get all the way to the end. And so <laughs> you need to make a compilation. That would be great. Yeah, yeah that would be cool. Just the, the that answer that question for all of the guests. So yeah. next question is, what is your best advice for the men that are listening? Oh, with that. Uh, uh, mental health for sure. That's a big one. Um, that's something that I am, uh, we didn't cover it a lot, but I'm super open with. I'm open about it because it doesn't bother me because I'm strong. <laughs> like I have bipolar disorder and I have executive dysfunction. Um, have you ever heard of executive dysfunction? No, but this pr- is something that sounds something like something that makes so I cannot remember things that you don't need to remember. I've been like this since I was a kid. It just finally makes sense now. Um, yeah. So like I keep deodorant and toothbrush and toothpaste at the office. I left my car running for like four or five hours, two weeks ago while I was at work. Like, I'll just like, you just don't think of it. And uh, yeah, everybody knows what my poor disorder is, but by understanding that and understanding that, I think that we're hard on ourselves. I know that I can't speak to everybody, but I know that I was reflecting everything very like inward on everything. And I'm just thinking I'm a trash person and I can't remember anything. Why am I sad right now? Like my kids on the swing set. Why am I upset? Why am I thinking about horrible things? Why am I doing, you know what I mean? Like getting help for yourself. And I can't be a good dad unless I do that. I can't be a good man unless I do that. Like, and not just that, but now I'm going to have the foresight to talk to my kid about it. so she can understand at a young age that she doesn't have to go through horrible things. You know what I mean? She doesn't have to feel like that. And it wasn't all the time, but had it been dug out a little bit more, it certainly would have helped out a lot. And, and that's something that everybody can do today. That's something that I'm doing right now. Currently, I'm trying to take care of myself because lo and behold, now that I'm doing that, way better husband, way better dad, way better friend. Um, I'm not tempted by things like I was before. I'm just getting help and get it from every avenue. Um, there's nothing wrong with throwing a big net out. If that's church, yes, go to church. But there's nothing wrong with seeing a therapist and vice versa. If you're seeing a therapist, there's nothing wrong with, with talking to a religious leader. Uh, talk to everybody. Uh, you know, I mean, it, making this normal is one of the best things that we could do. Because pretending like it's not a thing ain't helping anybody. Mm. And it's not making anybody better. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's important. I mean, that's something that I'm, that's a change I'm trying to make myself. Is just to make that as normal as I can. I mean, that's been a trend of a lot of things that we've been saying. Whether it comes down to dog training 
or how we're interacting with people, making things normal. Let's start by making it normal. Let's start by not making it weird. Um, yeah. Hey, I think, awesome. I think that's really good advice. And it's very, it's, it's excellent advice. I think a lot of guys really need to need to take that to heart because we don't have to be tough enough to deal with it. Like it's okay to go get help. You know, in fact, I, yeah. I, 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 and it doesn't have to look like sitting in a room where you bare your soul and you, like, it doesn't have to look like that, you know? No, it's, uh, for me, it's very, it's very clinical, uh, with my guy that I work with. It's very cut and dry. We're very open. We're just very honest about, yeah. And just fleshing things out, figuring out why things are happening. And, and like I said before, I mean, that's just the way that I view it is, um, there's nothing tough about pretending that you're okay. Like that's weak sauce. That's total weak sauce. I got guys that, I got, I got guys that I train with who like John Wick could go to to learn how to kill people better. And they're going to tell you that they have anxiety and they're going to tell you, if you ask, they're going to tell you about what their traumatic stress is like. They're very open about it. That's a hard thing to do. Right. Um, so if that's the hard thing to do, how is the tough thing? The other thing that makes no sense that they're not synonym. Like so, the tough thing to do, the literal tough thing to do is to accept it, move forward and fix it. Like that's what we do as men, right? That's what we should do. How does that change when we're talking about our brain as opposed to our blown out ACL? It's no different. At least that's how I look at it. So I'm going to ask you a bonus question. Please. And that is this. What is the best advice that you can give to dog owners? It's so funny. I, I think I know what made that click. It's because that's a lot of what I was saying with the dog. And that is, is one of the best things that you can do is, is, is having a clear guideline of what you want out of that dog, right? Like, what do we want to do with this dog? What do we see our life being like? If that's going to the beach and the dog is running around the beach and chasing after you, start that when he's a puppy. Start with how when they're as young as possible. If you can make it normal, that dog being off leash as these waves are crashing down and other people are walking by, think about all this crazy training that you're doing at the same time. And all you're doing is you're starting with this four-month-old dog that doesn't know anything, but that it likes you and you have a toy and you are knocking out so many issues from the very beginning. If you want to have your dog and, and take it to dog park, socialize it very early on, right? As a little puppy with good experiences with other really cool dogs. If you want to be able to bring the dog everywhere you go, you need to start testing out that dog with that immediately. You can start with your young. It's never too, it's never too early uh, to start dog training. And find a trainer if you're having issues. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't, you need, it's the same thing as we're talking about with a therapist. That trainer can help you keep that dog. If those are your options, it's something I deal with a lot. Um, get a trainer, man. It's, it's not like it's going to cost a million dollars and, and it'll probably get over with much faster than you realize. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess it goes back to that, huh? Don't be afraid to get help. I guess that's yeah. kind of funny how everything goes full circle. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be afraid of it, man. Yeah. So, so if somebody out there wants to connect with you and what you're doing, either maybe personally, maybe talking about your story or dog training, even what's the best way they can get in touch with you? Uh, yeah. So on YouTube, we're starting to add much more of a library. Uh, so you can go ahead and subscribe to Tim Culver's canine on YouTube. We're going to be putting a lot of stuff up there. It'll be like a lot of really good, like totally free training advice. I'm starting with like a training tip Tuesday 
Um, and, uh, and then, um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it for my social, uh, uh, business wise. Yeah. Again, everything's simple to canine, but, uh, but, but yeah, that's me. And, uh, I'm very active on there. So I like when people ask questions and, uh, I'm pretty active on YouTube. So that's my little home base. <laughs> awesome. That's my little, that's my little home. Awesome. We'll make sure to, to put a link in our show description notes as well. So people can click it and see what you're doing and learn from you. So hey, I, I can't tell you how much it's been good to reconnect with you. And I've just decided now we're making this official. The next time that you come up this way to visit your family, let's get together. 100%. 100%. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be cool. Definitely. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for being on the show, my friend. Yeah, buddy. Tim Culver, I really appreciate your thoughts on manhood, on life, and on dogs, man. It's good stuff, and it's been excellent to talk to you. Listen, if you appreciate what you're learning here from us here at Manlyhood, please go to the Manlyhood Man Cave on Facebook, and you can request access to the group. And if you're a man, we'll give you that access. We'd love for you to share your thoughts. Let's talk about it. If you've got questions... Tim is in that group, by the way. I know he'd be glad to answer them for you. Anyway, I love you guys. I care about you. And I'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. Men, you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for Manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast.